your host, Myra. Hello, everyone. And I'm glad to be here tonight with you guys to talk more about the Arthur Spotlight. Today's Arthur is Laura Condon. She is a wonderful award-winning author that has been featured in the New York Times, and her latest novel promises to offer all your readers a unique and heartwarming romance story. We're going to be doing a one-on-one -on -one questions with her, get to know her, get to know more about the story. And this is a three-part um, interview. So this is interview number one, and we'll let you know when we be live again. Uh, Mara currently is out. She'll be with us on our next session. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing perfect. Doing perfect. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about, about your book. So I just released my second book. It's called International Love on the Amalfi Coast from Pavarotti to pa Padre Pio. And it's a romance novel, your typical like a Hallmark style romance, I say with an Italian edge and um, La Dolce Vita for the modern girl. <laughs> what more could you ask for? But in this book, there's also a lot of, um, you can use this book as a tour guide because in a travel guide, because it basically goes through the, some of the best, the hottest, and some of the most undiscovered places along the Amalfi coast that a lot of people don't know about your average tourist that goes there and, um, some places up in the mountains as well, that most tourists never go. So I have that all listed when people send me their email, I send them all of the travel guide broken down by city. And there's also, because I love music and I've played music, the music is a huge part of this book. So it's a little bit of a virtual experience because I, there's also a soundtrack to the book. Wow. So I can know. you tell us a little bit more about like the storyline? You know, don't give anything away, but just like a little <laughs> bit, make it juicy. <laughs> well, the juicy parts I'll leave out, but <laughs> uh, so it's basically a coming of age story about this girl. She's not that she's like in her teens, but she's in college. Um, you know, your typical Jersey Italian girl, Italian American girl, a little bit of a sheltered life, very strict Catholic upbringing. And she goes for the first time to Italy and falls in love with this guy. He's a sexy, sexy socialite that like all the girls are dying to, you know, to be with. And she goes there and um, they fall in love, you know, summer romance. And then she ends up going back again the next summer. And then they don't talk to each other for about 10 years. They lose oh touch. My I know it's the worst. <laughs> it's like it's like meeting your soulmate and then like not being able to talk to them for a while and then running back into them. So that's cool. It's, it's really weird. Cause you know, when you're younger, even when you're a little bit older, like, but especially when you're younger, you're like, is this person the right one for me? Is it not? Do they have everything I need? What do I do? You know, they live on another continent. Am I going to really move? Are they going to move? Like, it's very hard to make that move literally, literally yeah. and figuratively. Like, do I uproot everything? Like, is this real love? You know? <laughs> When you're younger, you're more likely to make that step, but it's also more likely to not be the right one. So that's exciting because as you're reading, you're probably in in a state of anxiety the whole time trying to see what's going to happen with them. What do they end up together? Do they not end up together? Like what happens to them? What, how does evolve? How, how does the romance evolve? Um, so I'm very excited because, you know, uh, I'm a sucker for romance anyhow, right? And stories about <laughs> love, you know that already. Uh, and 
So it's very inter interesting to me, you know, and for the readers out there that this story is great because it makes you really think about not only yourself and romance of, of Mariela, but in Lorenzo, but also about your own, you know, what have you gone through that has been like that where you found, you know, the love of your life out of the blue in another continent, another city, or like you said, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, you go always find love somewhere. When it's for you, it's for you, right? Yeah, so that's I mean, and how do we know? Like that's, that's the whole thing. How do you really mm -hmm. know when someone is the right one for you? I've always been someone who's really been into signs and um like my gut my gut feeling anyway like my body talks to me like i know mm -hmm. if someone's good or bad um they might some people might have gotten one over on me you know mm -hmm. but but for the most part especially with dating even if i stayed with them because you know i'm just a girl i stayed yeah. with them but i knew like they weren't the right one yeah <laughs> my body will do things like it just won't be comfortable it's never which is good because that's your you know your um your senses letting you know what's right and what isn't good for you, which is cool, you know? So what was the inspiration behind this book? Because you said this is your second book. Uh, so what was the inspiration behind this one? Um, well, totally different than the first. The first one was about the beauty industry. This one, um, well, I was supposed to move to Italy in, um, in 2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my sister had literally put money down on a house in, um, in February or mm -hmm. January. Oh my goodness. So, so right before yeah. COVID, that must yeah. have been devastating. Yep. In 2019, they had put money down. They were moving. They were supposed to move in April of 2020. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I was supposed to move that December. <gasps> oh my gosh. So, so, so it's like a standstill. So you're like, you don't even know like, where were you going to go? Where are you going to be? You don't know whether or not you could travel because everything got stopped. It was so, so like, horrible. Oh. It was like, the worst thing and i was living in new jersey at the time and it was oh my very gosh. very strict draconian laws up there you couldn't even walk in the park oh like my goodness that's crazy yeah. wow that's crazy they closed, they closed the beaches you couldn't go on the beach that you couldn't you couldn't even like i said you couldn't even walk in the park it was ridiculous wow so um I was like sitting in my house <laughs> and i was just like thinking about italy and i'm like oh my gosh like i, I finally my whole life I've wanted to move to Italy. I finally mm -hmm. got the green light to go to Italy and a freaking pandemic. Like, <sighs> what are the chances? And I'm like, how can this be? Like, this is my dream. Like, how is my dream? Like literally crashing before me. And, and it took everything I had to like give up my business and this and that and everything to go there. And now mm -hmm. it's not happening. So oh. I was like real, like depressed beyond depressed. I didn't even care about the pandemic. I was just mad I wasn't moving to Italy. <laughs> to Italy, yeah, because it was your dream. So yeah. that's 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 crazy. But you know, out of that um, situation unfolded this wonderful uh, romance novel, uh, an Italian tour guide. So that's actually understandable why it has so many different um, places as a tour guide that you said because of the fact that you were thinking about Italy, you were literally dreaming eating trying to be in Italy because you were stuck not being able to leave the country. So I totally understand that. So um when it comes to the tour guide part of the um um the novel, you're you're actually helping um readers not only kind of like um understand what the places could be that they could visit once they go there, but then you also send them an email. Yeah. So when people wow. buy the book, they send me their email 
And then mm-hmm. I email them links to all of the songs listed in the books, in the book, so they can listen to it on YouTube or watch it on YouTube mm-hmm. as they um, read the book. And okay. also every single town, every place I go to in the book is broken down by towns. Okay. And I have the link for those places as well. So oh, you can wonderful. order the same food that I say to order. You mm. can stay in the same room that I say to stay in. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not a historical fiction, but there's all the history in it is all true in places. So, so even, even down to the hotels, once you read this book and you get really involved with the characters, <laughs> you are able to stay in Mariela's room. You are able to romance in the same walkways that Lorenzo and Mariela walked in. Yes. You're telling us. Uh-huh. That is that is freaking awesome. That is so amazing. Yeah, I mean, you'll see the same view that I that, that in that room that I describe. Everything, uh-huh. the restaurants, you can sit in the same seat in some of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can have the exact same food that I had when I was there, and um, so it's kind of like a, a real virtual experience. Which yeah. I think a lot of books don't bring about a soundtrack, but I've always been really into music, and mm-hmm. one of my dreams was to make soundtracks for movies which hasn't oh. happened yet maybe but you never know <laughs> if this becomes a film you know our lucky stars yeah then, well if, we, we, if, if, if any of the readers are you know um producers right hit up laura condon in her beautiful amafi coast book and the international love of the amafi coast um so that's wonderful so um on on the music, you know, you said you're inspired, and you were able to also uh, put a lot of information about the music that's that's in the book. Correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, besides the email, this also it breaks it down. Also in the in the um, in the in the romance novel, it breaks down like about the information about the. Um, I had read something here that um, funiculi and funicula. So you actually talk about where it was actually made uh, and things like that. Correct. Yes. So when Mariella goes back to Italy after 10 years, she is now a writer and she's going Mm -hmm. back to write a story um, called The Stories Behind the Songs. Um, So the stories that every Italian American should know. So like everybody around the world knows the song Funiculi Funicula. It's it's very catchy. What does that mean? Exactly. What does it mean? So Funicular is a car like a little oh. court, like a ski court that used to go <laughs> okay. to the top of the, um, uh, the uh, Vesuvius volcano. And oh. so they, they used to have rides to the top of a, of a volcano. Whoever thought that was a great idea, I don't know. Because eventually, so they made well, this Well, if there's no seatbelts, I will not be on that ride. <laughs> seatbelts, <laughs> please. The, the, the volcano erupted and burnt the whole thing down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> not, so, not good, not good. Yeah. <laughs> so this song was a song that they wrote to promote the 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 little car before it burned down. Lift. Yeah, the funicular <laughs> that goes up to the top of the, the volcano. So no one knows that though. Like it's like the dumbest thing ever, but like it's the best song. All the greats yeah. have sung it. So the point of it was to go through some of these songs, tell these stories about either the authors or the the, the writers or, or its place in history that everybody, all Italian Americans should know because these are all the classic songs that we all know and love. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, so I, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, is this for uh, mature audiences, 18 and up? It depends. I mean, like, you know, I would say 18 and up. 
Mm -hmm. but that's really, it depends on your kid. I mean, I don't know if I would let my kid younger than eight, like, you know, in high school kid read this. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it does get a little spicy in some parts. Really? Well, we like spice. Yeah. So, um, I might not want to go there with, you know, a high school kid, but I mean, it's not that it's, it's not vulgar, mm -hmm. um, but it's, there's definitely, you know, there's some love scenes because they're in love. Yes. So that's good for readers out there that like a little spiciness in their book <laughs> and their yeah. romance. Um, this definitely has a little bit of spiciness. So um, that's good for those readers that like those type of scenes and, you know, like to get all, I guess, ruffled up. <laughs> ruffled up nice. and excited. I know. <laughs> I mean, good. even when, when I reread it in some parts, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, this is so good <laughs> like <laughs> like i know what's gonna happen but i'm reliving it like yeah. every single time i read it i feel like i'm reliving it well that's wonderful. that's wonderful um let's see what else so um another question that i had for you was on the tour guy again so a lot of this food that they're eating is their traditional italian dishes yes which is um, really good for those people who love to have, you know, there's there's types, right? That there's people who love to read a beautiful romance novel. There's people who love to read a, a, a book that has a lot about music history, which which the book has both, has the romance, it has the, you know, the the spiciness, it has the, the music for those music aficionados. It has a lot of information about different songs and how they were made and, and why they were made, like you said, with Funicoli, Funicola. And then, and it also has the travel guide for those people who love to travel or just want to travel through the pages of your book. But then we also have the food experience. Yes, the food. There's a lot of descriptions about the food because, I mean, that's what everybody loves so much about Italy, the beautiful country, the beautiful people and the food. Mm -hmm. And it's also kind of nice because if you at least know, like, Maybe you don't know the name of the food, but if you know the name of the food now, you know, and you can travel to Italy, then you can try it. Or if you are in an Italian restaurant and you see it in the menu, you're like, oh my goodness, I read about this before. And, you know, it was such an amazing read that I need to have this. I have to, you know, go find the next nearest uh, Italian restaurant and try it out. So that's pretty interesting too. So um, for the food uh, aficionados out there, I think this is great. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you're a foodie, this is a book you'll you'll love as well. I mean, even like, you know, an Aperol spritz. I've inspired so many people to try an Aperol spritz. What is um, an Aperol spritz? Oh, it's so good. It's so simple. It's Prosecco. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Prosecco. <laughs> There's only Prosecco. three real ingredients. <laughs> you already had me a Prosecco. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's three, three parts Prosecco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two parts Aperol, which is a an orange liqueur. Aperol. Hmm. Is it kind of like Caracal? I don't know. Hmm, I wonder. Okay. So it's um, an orange it's more, liqueur. It's more of like a bitter orange, but it's it's not super bitter and it's not super orange. Okay. <laughs> but that's what they consider it. <laughs> uh, so two parts of that and then one part of um, Pinot Grigio. Mm. So most people do club like soda water. That's like the official recipe. But there's this bartender near us so random in like this little restaurant that we go to. But mm -hmm. he happens to be a European guy and lived all over the world. And um, he's told us, I'm like, why is yours so good? What are you doing that's different? And he's like, I put Pinot Grigio instead of club soda or soda water. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. so now I always make it with 
Pinot Grigio. I will say this, the ingredients should be ice cold. All three of them. Mm. Now I have a question too, because it uses three different, you know, it, it's got Prosecco, which is, you know, it's, um, it's a, it's a bubbly. Okay. Yeah. Like a um, champagne. Yeah. Like a champagne. Um, and which is still considered, you know, like a wine, but it's still champagne. And then it's got the Pinot Grigio and it has the, um, the orange liqueur. So, um, have you seen the difference on the color? If it's done with soda water versus the Pinot, uh, the Pinot? No, not in the okay. color. It should be like a beautiful, bright orange color. Mm. Not too deep, not too light. So almost like a sunset. But if you do three parts, two parts, one part, you should be pretty good. And then you can just do it to taste. Okay. <laughs> More Prosecco, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never have enough. For me, no, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's wonderful because, um, so then um, with, with the food, okay, because there's going to be a lot of dishes that they can read about and they can try, you know, once they go to Italy or they go into Italian restaurants. And then you, you mentioned this drink. So is there also other drinks that are also on there that you are going to be, you know, uh, telling people about as well in your book? Uh, Lemoncello. A okay. Lot of people, a lot of people know limoncello, but if you don't, it's a it's a liqueur that's basically like pure grain alcohol and lemon and like the lemon rind and, and sugar, and mm. um, it's a it's a cordial. You know, you have you put it in the freezer, and you have it after dinner. Try not to keep drinking it. <laughs> it's really <laughs> hard. It's so good, and um, it's it, it can be very strong, but it's very sweet and lemony. But when you're using the good good lemons. And obviously in Italy, the best is the Sorrento lemon. It, the, it's so, it's like a lemon drop, like a beautiful, fresh, refreshing, ice cold lemonade, like lemonade or lemon ice, um, that kind of taste, but it's like a little bit stronger in alcohol. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your writing background? Cause I'm sure, right. Uh, I'm sure people, the audience would like to know more about your writing background. Um, so, I mean, I guess I was, it's kind of funny because I'm not really great with grammar. <clears throat> That's mm -hmm. not really my thing, <clears throat> but I do love to creative write. And I had these two English teachers in high school and one was very strict on grammar. And the other one was very, he was more lenient because he saw that my writing style, you know, had, had quality to it. And, um, so I would, I, I would, I took one class with the grammar guy and I was like, oh my gosh, never again. <laughs> like he didn't care that like, I actually yeah. like was writing good content, but I mean, like, I wish I had stuck it out with him because like grammar is where I really need the help. Um, mm -hmm. so like, I always liked to write, I always did my own little poetry. It was never anything great or whatever. Um, but you know, you get better with like, with anything, the more you do it. Yeah. And then, um, it's so weird. Like in 2005, I was writing, well, I did get published in my high school poetry, mm -hmm. uh, thing, but like in 2005, I had to write reports. I was a trainer, an international trainer for Anastasia of Beverly Hills. And I had to write weekly reports. And my boss was like, your reports are the greatest. She's like, I can't wait till Monday mornings to get your reports. Oh, like, that's exciting. I was like, what are you talking about? But apparently like she thought it was great. And then I would just like do little things here and there. And then when my career really talk, took off in the beauty industry, I would write for magazines and, um, and little guest things here and there. And then when I wrote my first book, 
Spa Wars, The Ugly Truth About the Beauty Industry, I didn't really mean to write a book. It actually started out to be a book on politics. And one of my clients, I gave a turn. She's like, drop the politics and write about this beauty stuff, like the behind the scenes. She's like, it's totally fascinating. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean it's fascinating? Like this is, you know, these are the things we talk about like in the lunchroom at the spa. And, um, and then, so I just wrote about it and she's like, well, answer these questions. I want to know this. I want to know that. And so I just started going with it and then it became a book and then it was got me on Dr. Oz and it it was uh, featured all over the place in American spa. They compared it to Anthony Bourdain's kitchen confidentials. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Now, uh, can you do me a favor and repeat that a little bit? Because I believe that we got interrupted there and the readers might have uh, lost that part. So I I do know before you said about being compared to Bourdain, what was the the line before that? Um, It was, uh, my book was featured in American Spa Magazine and they compared my book to Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidentials. Wow, that's pretty cool. And so- (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) I know, I'm like, I love that book. Um, So yeah, it was kind of like a lot of ranting about the beauty industry and like my negative experiences and other people's negative experiences. Now, obviously I had a lot of great experiences, which is why I've been doing it for 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but they're not book worthy, you know, unless I was gonna do like a chicken soup for the soul kind of thing. Correct. So, you know, the the, the one percenters make it into the book, um, you know, and I just, you know, it's crazy, crazy workers, crazy bosses. <laughs> so it's like a wild, wacky, fun book with horrible grammar, horrible sentence structure. Like I always say, I'm just a girl with a story. That's it. I'm yeah. not Shakespeare. No, I but that's, that's wonderful stories. because, you know, a lot of people who love to write or want to create something, they don't because they, they keep themselves back because of grammar where you really just have to go and put it together and put it out there. So the, the, anyone who's listening to this can go ahead and go to Jetson Live or they can go to um, the podcast website that you're gonna be seeing here. Uh, and all the links to Laura's uh, books are on there, her, where you can get it at Amazon, where you can get it for Kindle. Uh, also her website's on there, so you can go and contact her um, as well and get yourselves on that email list so you can get yourself that wonderful music and all the places for the itinerary of where to go to travel in, in Italy. And you can also go ahead and get a copy of her other book, which you said was the name for the Skinker, the skin, Skinker Wars, that's what you Spot said? Wars. Ah, the Spa Wars, right. Um, and so all those links are gonna be up and you guys can go ahead and purchase the books there and support this wonderful Arthur. So um, you are a skincare therapist, correct? Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So that's something yeah. else too, that you have so much knowledge, you know, not just in the romance arena with this romance novel, but, and also in Italy, but also with skincare. So it's wonderful. Yeah, I've done a lot of writing for magazines. Um, and I have four articles coming out for Dermascope for 2024. And I've done a lot of guest blogging. And, you know, like going back to, you know, writing the book and it, the grammar is bad and the sentence structure, you know, whatever. Like at the same time, that's what made my career that book. Mm-hmm. And if I had waited for my grammar to be perfect, the concept to be perfect, this, everything, nothing would have ever happened. Yeah, and that's that's actually great advice for any listeners who are aspiring writers, you know, yeah, um, or anything. It's you're, or it's anything, never yeah. going to be perfect. Just do it. Follow your gut. You you can't get to the end until you take the first step. 
Mm-hmm. So I would never get to even publishing a book. I would never get to be on Dr. Oz, which was like one of my goals back then. This is like That's 2011. <laughs> well, who right? can say they've been to Dr. Who's been Dr. Oz? Who can say that? <laughs> I mean, not so many That's people wonderful. in my industry, right? That's so to be on there as a as a featured expert, and then but that never would have happened hadn't I just put in if I you know didn't think I was good enough or compared myself to other writers or compared myself to other prettier, skinnier, other different people in the industry. Mm -hmm. Like you just, I just have to like, you know, stay in your lane, have your vision and just every day do something to get yourself closer to that vision. And it's okay if it changes or stops for a year, but just if it's still in your heart, keep going back to it. That's that's wonderful. Uh, And with that, we're gonna go ahead and like let you guys, Simmer on that, follow the links on this podcast, go to Jetson Life and get the links for Laura Compton and her wonderful story, her romance novel and the star, the, the spa words, and as well as go to her website and get to know all about her. And this is going to be part one of a three part interview. So we look forward to hearing you guys uh, talk. To her we're gonna be taking calls on the third one and mara will be with us at that time and laura content thank you so much for being with us and it was thank a pleasure you. to interview you can't wait till the next one thank you this is jetson live at jetsonlive.com thank you goodbye